You're listening to Boston Needs to Know on WBCA 102.9 FM, a show highlighting local Boston news. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Boston Needs to Know. I'm Kelly Ransom. And I'm Faith Maffedon. Does this Boston Needs to Know look a little different to you? Yes, it does. This week we are changing the format of the show to begin preparing for the launch of BNN News on Thursday, June 2nd. Starting June 2nd, the news will be live on BNN every Monday and Thursday at 5.30 p.m. And while there won't be any more episodes of Boston Needs to Know, Kelly and I will be bringing you all of the top stories of the week live from Studio B in Angleston Square. We hope you enjoy this new format and get to know Faith, our co-anchors, and myself a little bit more before we launch BNN News. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Boston Needs to Know. We'll see you soon on BNN News, the, the vibe, vibe of, of Boston. Boston. It's spring, and that means it's time to get outdoors in Boston. The Franklin Park Coalition hosted its annual Kite and Bike Festival in Roxbury. Here's Faith with the story. Colorful kites filled the air once again on May 14th for the Kite and Bike Festival at Franklin Field Playstead. Originally founded in 1969, the festival has been an annual staple since 2010 when the Franklin Park Coalition reimagined the event. Families around Boston came out the Saturday following Mother's Day to enjoy kite flying, DIY kite stations, bike riding, picnics, food trucks, and more. This is our daughter's first time out here flying kites at Franklin Park, and um, we're having a blast. It's this the best time ever. First time flying a kite. It took about 100 tries, but uh, you know it was good to be out here with everyone working on it at the same time, and we stuck with it, and now we're flying. I'm, I'm good at flying kites than everyone. <laughs> Whether you're a first-time kite flyer or master, a day of fun was guaranteed for all. Rights Along the Shore by Daniel Abrams and Mary Ellen Strom is an exhibition at the Boston Center for the Arts that highlights the struggles to desegregate swimming sites in northern and southern U.S. locations. This exhibition follows the trajectory of Abrams and Strom's long-running series titled Wade-Ins. Wade-ins are a set of research-based projects that employ participatory practices designed to examine recreational segregation in the South and de facto segregation in the North. Today, I'm chatting with Mary Ellen about her work on rights along the shore. Welcome, Mary Ellen. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having me. So glad to have you here today. Um, I always love to start with people's origin stories of how they got to where they are. So I would love to know what was your path to becoming an artist? Oh gosh. Um, well, I, when I was in high school, I had the, I'm a video artist. I don't know if you know that, but I had the opportunity to work on an exhibition with Nam June Pike. And he is a Korean artist who is thought of as one of the founders of video art. And um, I was in high school at the time. I was at a, in a Catholic high school. I was a young queer kid in a Catholic high school and quite an anomaly. Yeah. And um, I had an opportunity to be part of a youth arts program at a museum, the Walker Art Center. And I always think it saved my life. And Nam Jun did a project called Buddha watching television, and it was a statue of a Buddha, and it was a video camera with a live feed where um, the Buddha was watching himself 
on television. And it was about self-reflection. And at the time in my young life, learning how to be self-reflective and understanding the perspective of others is what was up for me. And it really impacted me and made me want to dedicate my life to the process of producing contemporary art. That's amazing. What a great opportunity for you. I know. I know. And how important it is to give back to young people and include them in the arts. I think it can be very transforming, life-changing, and can sometimes save people's lives. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Um, so this project that we're talking about today, uh, you partnered with Daniel Abrams on. I'm wondering how your relationship with uh, her had formed. Yeah, I had the great fortune of going to graduate school with Danielle, and we had some incredible mentors um, who really brought us into a process of art making that involved social justice. Mm. And we were both very um, dedicated to producing projects with um, other other people, including people outside of the arts, as in um, biologists, cultural anthropologists, um, people who are not ologists, but are everyday people who are part of communities that we think of as our guides in producing art. We like to work with communities and figure out what people care about and what they want to produce art about. And Danielle and I uh, both have a long-term interest in the legacies of desegregation in the United States, as well as what continue to be segregated sites of um, that are public, specifically um, pools and beaches, and to kind of really look at and analyze the legacies of segregation and how those are still impacting us today. Fascinating. I'm wondering uh, what the inspiration and the path to the creation of uh, Rights Along the Shore was like. Yeah, well, we did, um, we have, have done projects individually, as well as a series of projects that we call wade-ins. And you may be familiar with lunch counter sit-ins. Wait-ins were a method of protest or demonstration in the 60s and 70s to help desegregate public swimming pools and public beaches. And unfortunately, Boston was one of the last places in North America to be uh, desegregated. And we still had a segregated public beach, Carson Beach in South Boston in 1975. And that's an unusually late date. Um, Danielle and I had the opportunity to meet the NAACP youth organizer, Leon Rock of the demonstration at Carson Beach, which is a very legendary picnic uh, protest and weighed in that turned violent. And we had the opportunity to, to develop a relationship with Leon who guided us through this project. Um, 
We've done other projects about a segregated beach in New Orleans, Louisiana, called Lincoln Beach, as well as we've looked at and analyzed the process of uh, the violent process of desegregating Washington, D.C.'s public pools. Um, so we've done three projects on this topic. Do you have more planned for the, the bigger wade-ins project? Yeah, we do have a, a project that an upcoming project that we uh, were beginning to talk about in Louisville, Kentucky, um, with one of our collaborators, Alonzo Nichols. Um, I don't know if you uh, uh, know this information, Kelly, but I should take a moment to um, kind of respectfully uh, inform our audiences that uh, Danielle Abrams recently passed away. And she is um, an, a, a very, I'll say is, a very formidable artist and contributor to the Boston community. And very, she was very committed to changing the landscape, uh, the cultural landscape of the Boston community. And um, she's someone who was much loved by many, many people. She gave people hope and made people feel really good about themselves and we really miss her thank you for sharing that um i know it's really hard and it's a major loss to the arts community so um, mm -hmm. thank you mm -hmm. so when people go to boston center for the arts to see rights along the shore what are you hoping or what were you both hoping for them to walk away with yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, we knew it would be springtime. So we were banking on people um, being uh, a bit hopeful or happy uh, at the change of weather um, of starting to um, kind of be in their bodies in a different way and connecting to the importance of bodies in water and um, the healing uh, powers of bodies in water. Um, we had the great fortune of being in dialogue with our former mayor, Kim Jamie, who has done a lot of work in Boston um, around our issue. Um, kind of one of the themes in the exhibition is the histories of why um, children of color have not had opportunities to learn to swim. And in recent years, the number of drownings in Boston has been astronomical. And um, former Mayor Kim Janey began an initiative for free swimming lessons for young people of color and um, has also kind of worked on uh, different measures, um, including training and um, uh, uh, making the salaries for lifeguards uh, a livable earning wage. Um, she spoke at a colloquium that Danielle and I organized. Um, we've also uh, developed a long-term relationship with Ebony Rosemond, who runs Black Kids Swim in Washington, DC. Um, and um, I, I, I mentioned Leon Rock uh, as well, who continues to kind of work for these efforts around 
spatial justice or public space that is really safe for everyone. Um, so our hope is that people uh, go to the exhibition, become curious about these subjects and, you know, join us in our efforts to make sure that um, public swimming sites that are incredibly important for health reasons or mental health reasons um, are available and safe for everyone very educational and inspiring and i'm looking forward to hearing more about the project um at large and seeing yeah you do in the and future. gratefully we've had wonderful attendance and press and feedback and um the project closes at five o'clock saturday the 28th well thank you so much for sharing that information and chatting with me today it's been wonderful to talk about this um and i look forward to talking in the future Great, Kelly. I appreciate you guys. Thanks a million for all the good work you're doing. It was a day for the books for Brooks Charter School students in Mattapan who celebrated a brand new athletic field with the New England Patriots. Find out how it all happened. On May 12th, Teamwork made the dream work as the New England Patriots Foundation and Local Initiative Support Coalition gathered for a ribbon cutting at Brooke Charter School in Mattapan. The excitement was palpable as Brooke students, teachers, and community partners celebrated the opening of their new athletic field. Several friendly faces from the New England Patriots came to mark the occasion, including Chairman and CEO Robert Kraft, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, and Hall of Famer Andre Tippett, who spoke to the future generation of athletes. Our students deserve to learn and play in spaces that are worthy of them. We are so lucky to welcome our scholars to our beautiful building to learn each day. And now we are thrilled that they have such a beautiful space to run, play, and learn about the power of being on a team. Three years ago, this spot was a bumpy patch of grass that could barely be used for sports practices, never mind games. Today, because of the generosity and vision of Brooks donors and the Patriots Foundation, we are standing on the home field of the Brook Mattapan flag football team. My whole life, I have loved sports and having a school that supports that passion of mine is amazing. Having the opportunity to play on this field and to know that it's me and my teammates field is a great feeling. This field is a great classroom. Think about it. Brook Charter School. We used to call what we did out on the practice field the eighth period. Think about this. If you fail, you get up and do the same thing again tomorrow. Think about that. You think about the environment and the folks that you're around and the quality that you get from being out on this eighth period in the classroom, work ethic, perseverance, resiliency, mental toughness, accountability, and most of all, developing compassion for others. Please give a warm welcome to the loudest cheer team in the MCSAO, the Brook Hawks cheer team.
welcome up Mr. Kendrick Bourne. Last morning, Brooke Madelai. <laughs> I'm just here to give you guys a couple words of encouragement. Obviously, you know I'm a receiver patriot, and uh, I'm just honored to be here to talk to you guys. Uh, just as a young guy, you know, I had a lot of struggles uh, when I was your guys' days from probably K all the way through eighth. So I just want you guys to focus. Um, I just appreciate you guys having me here, and I hope you guys enjoy this field and uh, take advantage of it because this is a great opportunity to basketball courts. It all matches now, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. Go Hawks! This project will provide opportunities for inner city youth to participate in athletics that you enjoy, and especially including youth football. And by the way, I expect and hope at least one of you to be on the Patriots in 15, 20 years from now. For Brooke Charter scholars, 92% of whom are Black and Latinx, the impact of having a safe space to play and excel are undeniable. The synthetic turf includes two outdoor basketball courts and a playground structure. Made possible through a $250,000 grant, the field will be an asset to the four Brook campuses across Boston, in addition to the Lena Park athletic community. Giving all who dream of donning a Patriots jersey one day something to smile about. BNN News has a whole new team of anchors that we want you to meet. That's right, and it's not just Faith and myself. We also have co-anchors Mike Monahan and Melida Arredondo joining us for some broadcasts. Let's get to know our BNN News anchors. Hi, I'm Faith Maffedon. I'm a first-generation Nigerian. I grew up in Dorchester in High Park, and I, I love me some uh, New England Patriots. Ah, oh, gosh. So much. Well, I, I love the arts. I come from an arts background, so I love, um, I'm excited to work with artists to hear about the projects and uh, the interesting things they're doing to open up people's minds here in the city. I hope that when people think of the news, they think of us. They turn on the TV and they feel at home with, with Kelly and me. So my name is Mike Monahan. I am originally from the Somerville area of Boston. I currently reside in Dorchester, and uh, I'm a big music nerd, big uh, video nerd. I like to combine the two. I like to make little music videos in my spare time uh, and uh, see as much live music as possible. I really want to cover the emerging arts in Boston. Uh, I feel like live entertainment is finally taking a, a front seat uh, after a few years of, it, of, it, of us not being able to have it around. Um, so I just want to highlight that as, as much as I possibly can and uh, just emphasize uh, how great Boston is um, as a go-to place for arts and entertainment. Hey Boston, I'm Kelly Ransom. And I'm Faith Maffedon. And we have an exciting announcement for you. That's right, beginning Thursday, June 2nd, Faith and I will be bringing the news back to BNN. And we'll be coming to you live from Studio B in Eggleston Square. We hope you will join us on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.30 p.m. for hyper-local news and stories that matter most to Boston. So join us as we bring you the vibe of Boston.